Well, picture this. It is the spring six years ago. I get news. I can remember getting the phone call. I was in the room in the house that I was living in at the time. And for months, I had been incredibly excited because my ministry that I was currently in had an end date, had a two-year cap. And I knew afterwards God was going to send me off to another adventure. And for about three or four months, I thought the adventure was going to be starting a new church. I thought that somewhere in the great state of Michigan, I was going to be involved in launching a new church. And I was all excited. I had went through testing. I had went to conferences. And I was so excited. And even though there was so much unknown, I just felt excited. Have you ever had just a dream where it didn't make sense, but you're all excited about it? And I remember getting the phone call saying that the state ministry in Michigan was going a different direction. All my plans that I thought were going to be great, this great adventure, this this moment where I was feeling like I was being faithful and stepping out into what God was calling me to, in an instant, was gone. And I remember feeling kind of low, if I'm honest. Because maybe you've been there before where you're thinking that, that, that God has cleared a path for you for something And at the last minute, the path is closed. Roadblocks show up. It's shut down. Now, the scary thing was, in about four months from that time or less, I was going to be without a job. I was going to have to refigure out exactly what was going to go on. But I was reminded throughout all of that time that we serve a God who's faithful. I was reminded during all that time That even though man plots the steps, the paths, the direction they want to go, that God is the one who orchestrates all of it. And through a series of events of doing some interviews and searching and all that, I can remember finding myself waiting. I was waiting. There was a church that I had visited that I wasn't fully sure about. That there were things about it that I loved and I thought was interesting, but I just wasn't sure. And there was another church that I was pretty excited about. And I remember I had to give an answer to this church that I wasn't for sure about by noon on a certain day. And so I made a bet with God. I said, God, I don't know what to do. I've already had things shut down before. So here's what I'm going to make this deal with you, God, which I don't think you're really supposed to make deals with God, but whatever. I did it anyways, and I'm still here. No lightning hit me. I said, God, if this, this church that I really would love to, to work at, if this church calls me before noon, I'll know that that's the direction I'm supposed to take. But if it doesn't call, then I know where I'm going. I know I'm going to this church that I just wasn't 100% sure about. And it was crazy because noon came. And being a person maybe who's not as faithful as I'd like to say, I'd like to pretend I am as a pastor. I waited to 1215 just to see. Come on, you would have done the same thing. But still no call. And I remember calling a guy named John Newton, who's a pastor of this church called First Church of God in Kokomo, Indiana. And I said, I'm coming. And in that moment, I had such utter peace. And what was crazy is about 10 minutes after getting off the phone with John, telling him I was coming to Kokomo, this other church called me. But I knew. That was the moment where I knew 
that this was the place to be. And this place, so today actually marks six years. There might, there might be a picture. I can't remember if I put it up there or not. Um, today marks six years. Yeah, look at me. I used to be, I used to wear a medium t-shirt. Uh, those, I can't fit in those jeans anymore. Um, but man, six years here uh, at this church. It's been a wild and crazy ride. But every single bit of it, I could tell you um, moments of failure, of growth, of success. I could tell you of times of experiencing just excitement because of seeing people's lives changed through Jesus. I could tell you of moments of times that were hard, feelings of betrayal, but every single bit of it has led us to this point where we are. Every bit of this has been a part of my story, and every bit of it reminds me of the goodness of God. It reminds me of the faithfulness of God. It reminds me of the moments where I didn't feel worthy. I didn't think I could lead. There were those moments where I felt like I didn't think I could go on any sort of uh, journey like this. There's this, these just memories to me of how God, despite my unfaithfulness, despite even, I'm just going to say it, despite some of our, all of our unfaithfulness, God is faithful and God is good and he continues to use us. Now, what's a really cool part of that story is I'll never forget being quite poor <laughs> right out of college. I guess I still am poor, but that's besides the point. Right out of college and uh, my car breaking down as I went to visit my girlfriend, now wife. And uh, that's a crazy story where my uh, axle just completely busted while I was in a less than nice neighborhood in Cincinnati. I definitely thought there was a gunshot, but that's besides the point. But all of my savings, which was very minimal, was completely taken away to fix my car and get myself home. And I can still remember, if you're like me and many of your uh, bills, even maybe even your tithe, is set on an auto payment, uh, I remember it was going to be D-Day. Everything was going to come out, and I didn't know where I was going to go. And I knew, like, I'm about to be, like, overdrawn to the max. I'm not going to have money to, to pay back the overdraw either. But I remember this sense of peace that God is good and God would take care of me. And I will still never forget, two days before it was D-Day, I got a random letter in the mail, Kokomo, Indiana. It was a mileage check from when I had driven down here and interviewed for the first time. And it was that check that saved me. And I, it was a reminder. It's a constant reminder in my life that God will provide. Even when it's the last hour, even when we don't feel like it, it, there's any way it's going to show up, even when we feel like my unfaithfulness, there's no way he's going to work with this. Is there consequence to sin? Oh, my goodness, yes. <laughs> I got scars to show you. I got bruises. But is our God faithful beyond our unfaithfulness? Absolutely. Let me throw this out here in case we nod off this morning because um, I don't want anyone to miss this because maybe someone needs to hear this this morning because I needed to hear this this morning, is that most of our issues stem from forgetting about whose we are and how faithful he is. Most of us, our issues in our lives, they stem from this reality that we forget whose we are in Christ. We live outside of our identity as a son or daughter purchased with a valuable price of Jesus Christ. And not only that, if we don't forget that, we forget how faithful he is. I guarantee any sin in your life, any place that feels wonky or, or dark or hidden, it's not 
just because we have this sinful nature. It's because we're living outside of who we have been created to be. We're living outside of this. We go back to the garden, Adam and Eve. Where did all the sin, the shame, the hiding begin? It was when they lived outside of who God had called them to be. Yet when we remember whose we are, when we remember the price that we uh, were bought with, and we remember how faithful he is, even when we mess up, that is where we begin to get off track. That is where we begin to experience chaos and bad things in our life. We have to remember whose we are and how faithful he is. In the book of Lamentations, uh, which is in the Old Testament, and if you ever want to read a book that's basically almost like if anyone remember when, when, when there was the whole um, uh, music kind of category called emo, which was kind of just like whiny, like if you're like my age, you definitely remember emo music, you know, like, uh, yeah, anyways, you know what I'm talking about. Lamentations is basically like if a emo band wrote a book in the Bible. It's just kind of sad, but in the midst of it, there is some beautiful truth. And I love this scripture. This comes from Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 to 23. And it just says this, The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I love those truths. I love the fact that we serve a God who is faithful and that his faithfulness doesn't end. There's not a place where I reach a limit. There's not a a certain, it's not like a credit card where I have a certain spending limit, where, where eventually I hit a place where there's too much debt. The truth is not that we should keep going on and sin, Uh, Not that we should just kind of live our life how we want to and then just know that we have the grace to fall back on. But there's this reality that there's not this limit. There's not this place where God says, all right, here's the cap. I'm sorry. I forgave you too many times. You're done. No, that his faithfulness, it never ends. And here's the coolest thing. Each day it's new. Each day it's fresh. Each day he is going to continue to provide for us and take care of us. This morning, we are at the tail end of our series called Next Midway. And in this series, we've been looking uh, a little bit at some vision for our church. We've been talking about generosity. And primarily, I really just wanted to uh, celebrate the faithfulness of God. And just briefly, Next is a vision capital initiative we began uh, about two years ago. And Next had four big goals. It was to uh, raise money to pay on the existing mortgage that we have to finish out the park play building for kids out there, uh, to uh, begin to raise money for future staffing so we would have uh, the opportunity to have a greater impact and reach in our community, uh, and to be able to give a gift of generosity to one of our ministry partners, Bridges Outreach. Now, we did all this because we believed that loved people love people, and that we believed that if we would begin to make plans and just start heading towards the direction that God was calling us to, that by giving a gift of generosity, by, by, by expanding our reach, by having uh, something that could be a hub for the community, something that isn't really here in this community already, and obviously to just be, a, be able to continue to uh, faithfully steward this place that God has given us to do amazing ministry, that we would have an opportunity to love people, that, that the reflection of the love that we've experienced through Christ could be poured out to others. We also realized that we felt that God was calling us to be a next-generational church, that we wanted to be a place where kids and families would realize and would experience the love of a Jesus who is both with them and for them. And that if people who are Jesus' followers 
also are with them and for them, their lives may be changed, that they may be transformed by the goodness of Jesus, that they may have new life in him. And I want to celebrate just a few things of God's faithfulness because as we talked about with communion, I think we're forgetful, right? I mean, I think we forget how, how often God is good, how often he shows up in, in many ways because uh, we're kind of trained, I think, to think glass half full, right? We're, we're trained in uh, our culture to look for the bad, right? Like if we're honest, even though like we're, we would all say like, I wish there'd be like a news outlet that would share more good news. If we're honest, the news articles that we tend to read, the things that we tend to click on first, aren't the happy stories, right? I mean, there's a reason why there's like a whole industry made on like fake outrage, right? Where it's like, did you see what happened? The ghost of JFK came and did this. Like, I mean, we're like going to click on it because we're at least a little curious how weird it is. We're trained to look for the bad. When as followers of Jesus, we should be looking for the good. We should be bringing the good. We should be the good. And so I think it's important sometimes when it's, when it's easy to want to think back and, and, and either look back and say, I wish things were like at this time, or why isn't this happening? It's good to just stop and celebrate the goodness of God. And so I wanted to share with you uh, a few things that have happened in this about two-year journey since we started next. Uh, since we've started next, uh, we know that there has been uh, over 22 babies born which that in itself is like a huge, awesome church growth method. Um, so kudos to y'all. Um, I don't care whether you uh, adopted, whether you, um, well, I'm not going to go into how the other stuff happened too. Um, but either way, there's something beautiful about that, right? There's something beautiful about having the opportunity to raise world changers. Because I really do think, while I love and believe in all of you in here, those who are back there, they're going to be the ones who I really believe have a huge, huge opportunity to change the world. They have a huge opportunity to show the world how the church loves their neighbor as themselves. That shows what it means to believe in truth and live it out. Who knows what it is to see injustice in this world and fight it. And I believe in that. That's so amazing. We've seen over 20 people baptized in the last two years. And what's cool about that to me isn't just, I mean, it's easy to say a number, but I think about the stories. I think about Jordan and Amber. I think about Hannah. I, I, I think about Kylie. I think about so many different people. I could, I, I could probably name all the names if I started. But I think about that that, 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 that numbers only matter because there's a story of a person, of a soul, of someone who deeply is loved by the God of all the universe, who is created in their image. That's why these numbers matter. And it's amazing because here's the thing. I don't really care about packing a room because, to be honest, while it gives us opportunity, that's great. What I want to see is lives changed. And that's why sometimes it's good to reorient our scorecard. We've seen over 30 new families or individuals begin to support South Creek financially. Now, this is huge because even though no one really likes to talk about money, um, there's this reality that, let's just be honest, when I, when I do premarital counseling with couples, money is one of the most hot-button issues. Like, people don't squirm when we talk about sex. It's when we talk about money, like, ugh, this is a little personal, Pastor. But what it tells me 
is that this is people who are both new to our church and people who have been here for a longer time and began to do this. What this tells me is that people are buying into the vision. And I really believe that, that money follows vision. And one of the coolest things is whether we want to admit it or not, oftentimes when we talk about what, you know, how, how do we see signs of spiritual growth and maturity? Most times we'd probably say um, prayer and reading scripture, which is 100% true. And I would throw in there serving is good too. But I actually think there's something to be said about when we see people begin to financially steward their resources to be involved in the work of the church. What that tells me is people are taking steps of faith. They're saying, I am trusting God to provide because I'm going to give up this. And I know some are are giving at a place where, you know what, maybe it's like, yeah, I hardly even feel it. And there are some in here who I know for a fact, it is a deeply faith-filled activity. It's something when they give, they are really giving out of a place of realizing that they're asking God to provide in a place that they're not sure about. And I just want to say, if you fit in that category especially, thank you. God sees you. I know that God will continue to provide, but it's amazing to see those sort of things. Uh, here's something that's really cool. Uh, we as a church have given away about $75,000 to outside ministries. Whether it's been through our normal tithe, we, we as a church, what we receive in, we, we also tithe as a church. We, we send 10% back out to outside ministries, but we've also raised money for things like the uh, inclusive playground that's going out uh, at uh, Western. We've done it for uh, various ministries and minister, uh, missionary organizations and things like that. And I'm just so thankful for that because there's something about uh, when we uh, begin to, even as our own ministry, look beyond ourselves. I think God blesses that. I think there's something about it could be really easy for us even to become inward focused. And there's something important about when we uh, also kind of put our money where our mouths are as well. And that's pretty cool. Our preschool, since the time we started next, has quite literally doubled, uh, which is just amazing. I think I told some of you guys this uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, This next year we'll have 112 students, I believe. Is that right, Jenna? Okay, I wanted to make sure I wasn't lying. And somewhere around 70% or more uh, do not claim to have any sort of church home. There, there's a huge just opportunity there. We continue to see this. There's been five people who have been uh, baptized, directly connected to uh, the preschool as well. There's just been a lot of really cool stuff, and there's been tons of new families. I mean, that's, that's been a really cool thing. Many of you sitting in this room probably two years ago weren't here, and I, I just praise God for that. I praise God for the fact that you found this place, that you felt comfortable, that you felt loved, uh, and I hope that you find a, a great home here. God's faithful. God's faithful. I shared when we began this journey of next, things were a little bit more um, chaotic. We're coming out of a season of transition. There were some shifting things, and at moments it felt like, is is what I'm standing on safe? And I'm just so thankful for the fact that our God is a rock who we can build upon our own lives, we can build our church upon, we can build our marriage, our, our, our relationships upon, and he's steady. It doesn't matter what sort of storms come in life. It doesn't matter what sort of curveballs come. He's faithful, and he will stay steady for us. Now, most of us, if we're honest, would probably say that, yeah, I'm blessed. Now, most of us, if we probably already know this. If we live in the United States, we are blessed beyond belief in comparison to most other people in other countries. From, from, from the freedoms that we have from the uh, amount of uh, access we have to help, 
from the amount of opportunity we have educationally, financially, things like that. We are just blessed. But may I put this out here to you that something that God's really been kind of working on in my heart is this, that you have been blessed to be a blessing. You've been blessed to be a blessing. Most of us, if we're honest, can be pretty selfish, right? We want God to bless us, but oftentimes it's to build our own kingdom. And that's not how generosity from God works. I really believe with all my heart that God has blessed each and every one of us, not just so we can live a life of comfort or luxury or like, oh, this is so great. doesn't mean he doesn't want us to uh, experience goodness and joy and security, but I really believe that he has blessed us to be a blessing to others. That especially as followers of Jesus, we have been blessed as an opportunity to leverage those blessings, whether it's our, our, our time, our talent, or our treasure, to be able to tangibly show people the love of Jesus Christ. I mean, think about that. Have you ever thought about that? That, that, that maybe you have not been given wealth or talents or time just to serve yourself or people who look just like you or the people in your circle, but that maybe you have been blessed so that those who are lost could be found. Those who are hiding in darkness could be found with the light. Those who are broken could be restored. You have been blessed to be a blessing. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus gives this teaching that, that I think is always a little bit of a heart check for me. He just says this. He says, do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and, and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy. Where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I could add in where your time is, where your talent is, there your heart will be also. Friends, the way that we steward what God has given us, the blessings we have, the the time, the talent, the treasure, deeply affects where our heart is. Now the big question is, where do we want our heart? Do we want our heart to belong to the Lord? Or do we want to own our own heart? I've been talking to my youngest or my oldest son recently about that. He one day was asking me this big question, where's God? Which I felt like a trick question. Like I was like, are you trying to make me feel stupid because I'm a pastor and I'm not exactly sure how to answer that? But we talked about this idea of, you know, God's everywhere, but God wants to live in our heart. And he said, my heart. And I said, yeah, bud, he wants to live in your heart too. And then he looked down and he said, my heart's in my belly. But there is something about this. I, 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 I do think how we live, no matter whether or not you pray a certain prayer, no matter if you come to church, no matter if you have great intentions, that if you don't actually live it out, there's this reality that if I was to look at your bank account, if I was to look at your calendar, I could probably see where your heart is. And the same with me. And the truth is, if some of us are honest... Our heart probably isn't in the things of God. Our heart probably isn't in a place where we are seeking Christ in his kingdom. Now, here's the really good news. We can change that. We can begin to reorient that, but that's going to take work. That's going to take work. And I think there's this, this reality that many of us need to be prayerfully asking God to give us a heart of generosity. A heart of generosity. Because I, I think like many things... We can think we're going to do it on our own, but sometimes I think we undervalue the power of prayer, of sometimes asking God to do things for us, to change us. 
I have to ask God to, to make me more patient. As much as I continue to get tested on it, I'm not great. And I have to ask the Holy Spirit to live inside of me and work through me so I can become more patient. But friends, can I tell you, as God has worked on my own heart to become generous, it's been amazing to see how God has been generous back with me. Guys, I think about in the last two years during this journey, my wife and I um, decided that we were going to make a commitment to next as well, that we weren't going to ask people to do something that we weren't able or weren't going to do ourselves. And it's meant sometimes having to say no to things, to sacrifice in certain ways. We had a season where uh, we went down to one income right after our youngest was born, and there were some hairy times. But can I tell you some moments how God has came through? We got multiple random checks and cards from people. Some that left me speechless and in tears in my office. As we had weeks where we said, I don't know how this is all going to work out. Had moments where at the very beginning of this year, we had to cancel church. And whenever we cancel church, that can be a pretty big financial implication. We got a check for over $1,000 from somebody who doesn't come to our church. Just felt led by the Lord to do this. Had a friend who decided because my wife had asked who on Facebook likes a certain jogging stroller or something like that, decide to just randomly mail my family uh, a brand-new jogging stroller. Not from here, not in our community. Lives on the other side of the country. We're reminded of how God just continues to be generous. And that's just in my life. And I, I could talk to many of you, and I'm sure you could tell me about the times where you were deciding between, do I pay rent or do I buy groceries? Do I, do I, do I give to the church or do we get to go out for that special meal? And for each of us, we have to decide what does that look like. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul puts it this way, and I think this is great. He says this, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in, to, in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Friends, my family's lived that. God's never left us high and dry. He's never said, hey, Aaron, I'm glad that you, you, you were faithful to me in this moment. Stinks to be you now. Going to shut your lights off. Never once has that happened. But there's something so true about that. If we reap or if we sow, which sowing, uh, if, if you're not familiar with that, is this idea of, you know, a farmer. How many seeds you put out, how much you, you plow the fields, how much you get your field ready should be what you're going to expect to get back. You can't put out, you know, a couple, just scatter a few seeds and hope that a whole field is just going to bloom and you're going to have a great harvest. There's this reality that this isn't a prosperity gospel, which if you ever have heard of the prosperity gospel, yeah, that's not the gospel. Um, this isn't some sort of thing of like, if, if you give this thing, then God will just give you like a million dollars for this, like one dollar for a million dollars. This isn't like a, you know, a dollar scratch off that you get, you know, this huge return back. But there is this reality that I believe maybe it's not always monetarily, but that there are blessings that we miss out on when we don't bless others. That there are this reality that God is generous with us based upon how generous we are. And we choose to be generous because God is generous. Now, as Paul said, though, 
This isn't to be done out of a place of guilt or compulsion, but this is out of place where we believe generosity isn't something that we practice because we feel like we have to. We believe generosity is something we practice because we get to. That we give of our time, our talent, and our treasure out of a place of so much gratitude and love for what God has done for us that we want to give back out of that. You see, generosity is a way to respond to God's faithfulness by trusting him as we choose to be faithful. That's generosity. All right, I want to share just a couple um, things, and then the band's going to come back up, and we're going to close out with a song. So I, I've been kind of telling you that there are a couple things that, are, that were in the works that we wanted to talk about. So um, as I mentioned a few weeks back, uh, thus far our goal for next was $340,000. Uh, we're about halfway uh, in the kind of calendar time. And in that time, this was as of a couple weeks ago, we had raised $176,017. That's just about on track, perfect. And I just thank you so much for all who have been uh, a part of that. Now, here's what we had a board meeting recently, and we made some decisions upon how we want to continue forward with next. Here's the first thing that we decided. Um, it's the beginning of the school year. Um, Bridges Outreach, who works a lot in the school system, we said, you know what, we want to begin to, um, rather than wait on just ourselves being able to do the things we want to, we want to begin by practicing our generosity to them. So this week we are going to be giving them, uh, out of the $5,000 that we um, had committed to give them, uh, we're going to go ahead and give half of what we had committed, uh, $2,500, this week to them, so that way they can use whatever they need to use at the beginning of this school year, which would be awesome. We can clap for that. So here's the next thing. Many people, the big question always is, when will the park, when will the children's building be done? Many of you know, and if you haven't seen pictures, I believe there's still renderings out near the Connection Center. Um, that building isn't complete yet. The, the, the big dream and, and the idea behind it is that it will eventually have an indoor playground in there, which will give us an opportunity to uh, reach out to our community in different ways. Uh, for you to be able to bring your friends, your grandkids, and connect them uh, with something fun with getting the opportunity to share the love of Christ with them. Now, here's what we talked about. We uh, know that obviously uh, what we uh, had, had planned for for that project, we couldn't just say, all right, the first amount of that money that comes in, we're just going to be able to do the building because we had to pay for the mortgage, things like that. But here's what we found. We figured out that as we did some figuring, uh, as soon as we get the next $25,000, we will be ready to pull the trigger and finish out the park. Now, when all that happens, I don't know yet. That is up to God, and that may be up to some of y'all. But I have a goal that I think it would be amazing that if at, by the very latest, that thing could be opened up by this spring or this winter. I think that would be amazing. So here's the ask I want to make this morning. Some of you will find uh, underneath the seat things, you're going to find these uh, next envelopes. And uh, some of you are going to think I'm really cheap, and you are right. Uh, these are actually leftover ones from the last time around. So some of you are going to be like, the dates are wrong. I know, but I wanted to save money. Uh, because more, the less money we spend on something like this, the more we can send it on cool stuff. But here's what I'm going to ask. Some of you are new here since we began the journey of next. And so I want to extend the opportunity for you to join in this uh, partnership that we're going with. And, and, and you're going to see on here, there's different things. You can, you can put in this envelope. The ushers are going to come up in a little bit here. Um, 
You can fill out whether or not you want to commit to doing something weekly, monthly, annually, other. You can do a one-time gift. You can do whatever you want. But here's, we'd love for you to let us know if you want to do something. You can also give online, but even if you do give online to Next, we would ask that you still fill out one of these cards. So here's, here are the only people that I want to fill out cards, because some of you are like, I already did this, you'll have to fill it out again. No. Here's what we're asking people to do. If you're brand new to Next and you want to start giving, we'd love for you to fill this out so we can track and know and make sure that we're stewarding what is coming in uh, in a, um, a good, wise way. The other thing you could do is maybe since the time of Next, we recognize the fact that for some of us, there may have been some curveballs. Some of you may have started Next with, with a certain job, and life has thrown a curveball, and that's difficult. And so we also want to give the opportunity that if you need to change up what you're doing, there's nothing to be ashamed about that. There's nothing to feel like unfaithful about that. That's just something that we want you to know that you can have the opportunity to change up what you did. And we ask you to do that, not so everyone will be like, sweet, this is my way to get out of this, but it's to recognize that that it's good to just seek the wisdom of God, but also we as um, stewards want to make sure we know what's going to happen. We don't want to be surprised uh, by what's happening. And then finally... Here's the other ask. Some of you made commitments to Next, and since then, maybe God's changed your financial circumstance in a really crazy, amazing way. Maybe you have a new job, you got a promotion. Maybe uh, a certain inheritance came in. I don't know. Maybe you found gold in your backyard. I don't know. But maybe God is saying that you could make a different commitment than you made in the past. Here's what we're going to ask you to do. If you're prepared to this morning, you can give a gift. If you're prepared to go and make your commitment um, during this last song, the ushers are going to come around and you obviously just fill this out, fold this up. No one's going to see what you did uh, and just put this in. If you're like, listen, Aaron, this is a lot. I need time. I'd like to talk more about this. Feel free to email me, talk to me, take this home, pray about it. But we wanted to give everyone the opportunity to be a part of what God is doing here. And we wanted to give kind of people a goal, an end date. And I understand $25,000 is a lot of money. I'm not going to pretend like that's not a lot of money. Um, but I know that we have a big God who has big plans. And here's the thing. Some of you are sitting here saying right now, Aaron, would it be okay if I gave the full $25,000? Yes, we will allow you to do that. But seriously, um, we just love for people to join in with us what's going on. Who knows when this will be done? Who knows when we'll reach that goal? And it's not going to end once we get that uh, amount. We're going to continue to do that because we want to continue to have opportunities uh, to bless others. But I pray that we begin to really think about that. C.S. Lewis has this quote that I think is really interesting and really great. He says this, I do not believe one can settle on how much we ought to give. I'm afraid the only safe rule is to give more than we can spare. In other words, if our expenditures of comfort, luxuries, amusement, etc. is up to the standard common among those with the same income as our own, we're probably giving away too little. And if our charities do not at all pinch or hamper us, I should say they're too small. There ought to be things we would like to do and cannot do because our charitable expenditures exclude themselves from themselves. Now, that's hard. But here's what I think he's really trying to say. We got to have skin in the game. We have to show them that we're really sacrificing because we're showing sacrifice because our Lord sacrificed for us. I read this verse at the onset of this series. Teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Friends, we don't know how many more days we have. For some of us in this room, too, 
I'm feeling in this moment, maybe I even need to say this on behalf of God. Some of us, even though that's not a fun thing, that's a weird thing to say. Some of us, our days are getting smaller and smaller. And maybe God is calling us to think about our legacy. To think about uh, planning to be faithful even when we're gone. I don't know what God's calling us to do, but I would pray that we would take seriously the time that we have left. And we wouldn't miss out on the moments to bless others, be generous, and to love others. Would you guys stand as we're going to pray and we're going to sing one last song. And let me leave you with this one last thing. God is faithful. Never forget that. Never buy into the lie that he's not. Pray with me. God, I thank you for the fact that you are faithful. And God, I thank you for the fact that, God, you're never surprised. God, I thank you for the fact that, God, God, even in our failures, God, you're faithful. God, even in our unfaithfulness, God, you're not afraid. God, you're not afraid of the future. And so, God, I pray that, God, as we respond, God, I, would, I pray that whatever you are calling each one of us, each person or each family to do, God, I pray that you would give us the boldness and the confidence to follow through and do that. God, I thank you for the way that you've taken care of me. And God, I'm thankful for the way that you've taken care of this church. God, continue to keep us centered on your son, Jesus. God, I pray if anyone in this room, God, has never experienced the love of Jesus, God, that they would know this morning that he deeply and desperately loves them, that he is with them and he is for them. And he just desperately desires to meet them right where they are, but he loves them too much to leave them in their sin where they're at. He wants to bring them into new life. God bless the gifts we're about to receive. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.